0: Spoiler alert! Before listening, we will be spoiling parts of not only this film, but others. If you wish to remain spoiler-free, turn back now. Before it's too late. Thank you. Now, on with the show.
1: That, that was kind of the whole film for me. Yeah. It was just... It was, it was a really just kind of dad joke, in a sense. <laughs> with mom as well. like,
2: yes,
0: Hello and welcome to Post Cut the show where we analyze films from the latest to the greatest to the worst and lamest. I'm your host, writer-director A.C. Hampshire. Joining me are VFX artist Dave Veerkamp. Hey, what's up? Actor of the stage and screen, Sarah Peterson. Hello. Writer-editor David M. Brown. Hello, everybody. And audio engineer R.J. Infocino. Hey. (laughs) This episode is Get Shorty, starring John Travolta, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld from the year of 1995. film can be found on Amazon.com, where you can also pick up your hard copy of DVD or Blu-ray. I'm going to start us off with a brief synopsis of our film, Get Shorty, today. Start off, generally, meeting our Shylock, John Travolta, playing Chili Palmer. Um, He is in a little, what was it, a restaurant, and he meets up with another gangster, Ray Bones, who is young. Starts a long uh, montage of disrespecting towards them and Chili's retaliation between them to where you get an idea that these two obviously hate each other. But Ray Bones can't do anything to Chili because Chili works for another mobster and that has that mobster's protection. Until that mobster, Momo... Dies of a heart attack after a surprise 65th birthday, which I think, honestly, I love that. That is just a a wonderful piece to really kind of showcase how this film goes. You build it up as if he's going to get, you know, whacked or whatever, like a normal gangster movie. Nah, dies of a heart attack because of a frickin birthday party. Anyway, now Chili works for Ray Bones. yeah, And so Ray Bones sends him out to collect one of his debts. Chili finds that the guy supposedly died in a plane crash. Except the guy faked it out and survived and just scammed the airline. So, Chili, uh, uh, after talking to the guy's wife and finding out where he is, pops over to Vegas for a bit to try and catch the guy. Well, he goes to the casino. Casino guy says, now we kick that dude out of here. He's over in L.A. Well, while you're going to L.A. to get this guy, we have this uh, film producer who owes us money. See about checking in on this guy. So, Chili does. Chili goes over to the house right. where this guy happens to be staying uh, at the actress um, Rene Russo playing the role of Karen, her yeah. house, and runs into the producer, Gene Hackman, playing Harry Zim, a monster movie uh, film producer. Right. Making, just cranking out horrible beef films. So, after, you know, a very talking to much Harry. Uh, Ray, uh Roger Corman spoof. Exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure suppose. this is basically directly taken off of Roger Corman. So, He's talking with Harry and they work out a, a basically a payment plan, I guess, yeah. which is basically I'll payment 60 days if you don't like it. Screw. <laughs> Chili lets him off with that because Chili's got an idea for a movie. So they have been spending up most of the night talking about this movie. Even when Karen comes by, comes down and kicks them out of her house that he broke into, him and uh, Chili and Harry hit it off and they head over to their office. On the way over, Harry is telling about this new project he's trying to start, Mr. Lovejoy. However, can't make it because he's got these drug-dealing limo drivers on his about it.
2: As if the story couldn't get any more convoluted.
0: Right. So, while Chili's there, the limo guys show up. Now, Chili gives Harry explicit instructions on how to handle this. Seat them there. Don't mention my name. Don't talk about Lovejoy. Right. Harry happens to do everything wrong except the seating arrangements.
1: The whole point of the movie, it, it... It's a satire of Hollywood and exactly. mobsters. Yes.
0: And mobsters, yeah. It's very much, uh, especially, you know, you can see uh, with Danny DeVito being one of the main producers, obviously was try- did it to lampoon himself. But um, so he ends up meeting up with uh, Martin Weir, and they end up pitching him, or originally pitching him the Mr. Lovejoy script, but then Chili basically subverts that meeting to talk about his own film idea.
1: It was obvious from the get-go that, he that was it was a meta playlist. movie because it's, it's Chili, it's Chili Palmer pitching a, a story which is happening to him in real time in the yes. movie. Because like, when they're talking to the Danny DeVito character, he's like, oh, well, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a love interest yet. He needs a love interest. Well, well then oh, then that's Renee Rene Russo. Yeah. Now he has a love interest. Now the story gets written a little further. And the way the movie ends is you see the Farina character, Barone or Bones or whatever. Boy, yeah. He's walking towards the locker where the 500,000 is supposed to be. He puts the he puts it in. They show it from inside the locker. And he looks at the back. Turn, it's an and we cut, now. We cut. We cut back. It's Harvey to, Keitel. To back, it's Harvey Keitel who they were all talking about getting to do a movie. Mm-hmm. He turns around and they do like a, a mistake, and then they all walk out, and that ends the movie. It was so perfect. So it was. It was the minivans, right? Well, yeah, yep. yes. that, that was one. I found that minivan. to be the funniest joke because when he, he when he arrives minivans. to get the the car, he wanted a Cadillac, and he gets a minivan. It's, yes. the Cadillac and and says, it's the Cadillac of minivans. Okay, so he accepts that. And Danny DeVito's like, hey, is this your ride? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, check this out. And he hits the remote, the side door opens. And Danny's like, oh, oh, it's so big. And then everybody at the end has a minivan. It's so he, perfect. It's, like, it's just the point of him coming over and he's like taking over Hollywood. Yes. So you had the, the idea of the movie within the movie that was taken from the movie's reality. You had lampooning of mobs in Hollywood itself. Basically I found it I found it entertaining on my first watch. Yeah. Okay, and then we will get let's back to Let's do that. Later. Yeah, let's yes. get around
0: to the the first
1: impression. So you said you found entertaining on your first watch. I found it entertaining on my first watch. My second watch it kind of it kind of dropped because even though I found it entertaining on the first on the first one, I I saw I, <laughs> I saw this thing. I I saw the whole plot Right. Like, I was, like, four or five steps ahead. The main mob boss, uh, what's his, the guy that dies of the heart attack? Normal. He's walking up the stairs. I'm like, okay, he's got a bad heart because, you know, he's he's wheezing and everything. And then he walks All into the sudden. dark. I'm like, there's no gunshot here. I know it. Surprise! Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. And I knew, boom, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've got that going.
3: What's the guy this for the limo driver? Oh,
0: thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: the guy for the limo drivers... Um, not not the not the main guy, but the his henchman, the guy who was from Sopranos.
1: Yeah. Oh, James, James
2: Delfini. Delfini. He They called him Bear. Bear, yeah. yeah um, the stunt he's a actor. Otherwise known as Tony Soprano. But God <laughs> rest his soul, he, he looks like such a hippie in this
3: movie. With oh, a yeah. ponytail. I was like, I completely didn't recognize him at first. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, what so a great. What a, tr- a transitional actor right there. Didn't even sound like... like a mobster at all, even you know, he's kind of You
2: know what? They didn't give him a lot of lines in no. this movie. No, but, Not too it, but many. he good. had a very
3: important plot point at that <laughs> end, which was like, is <laughs> crazy? It makes it you makes you seem like his character. You don't nobody listens to him, or he doesn't, yes. he doesn't pay attention. He's he seems brute. Like, he seems like the brute, but apparently he was smart enough to listen to the the, the way to take out somebody on the yeah. balcony. And yes, man, I didn't mm. see that one. Coming, yeah, that actually. was
1: that was the one joke when the guys talking about chili says. What if we uh, do something to the railing like we loosen it or we 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 cut it so that when he puts his weight against it, he falls off the balcony like they do in like they do in the movies. Everything is like what they do in the movies. And Bear says, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. So then when Chili Palmer decides to uh, switch Bear to his side, that's how they kill the other guy by loosening the bolts on the on the railing and it you know he saying you know, right and yeah, it's you know it's, it's the perfect. dumbest idea and, it, and again i saw it coming it was just like i said it's not that the movie was bad in my first viewing i enjoyed it but on the second viewing it dropped because if you if you have an idea of how a story is going to go and you kind of you're are, you're ahead of it that far you're really not going to enjoy it that much on the second viewing.
4: I feel like all of John Travolta's movies, no offense to him, I love him as an actor. They're very predictable. He does very easy-to-digest movies. He is very straightforward. And to be honest with you, every role I've seen him in, he's stellar, outstanding, fantastic. But it's you can see where it's going from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's There's no hidden agenda. There's no... I'm night shamalaning on it. It's no. just
2: right. 100%. I'm you can going see from, where it's going. I'm
4: going from A to B to, you know the end of the story. It's very
0: fast paced fir- too. Yeah, that it and is. also I I think that's also kind of goes a little something to uh Barry Sonnenfeld who uh made the film uh his general style because if you look at the other his other bigger hits which was the Adams family films. Those mm-hmm. are the other two those were basically his start and his other big hits were those two and they're kind of very much the same way. You're not really uh... watching them for uh, you're not really watching them to really um, get something you know, for the twists and turns. You're watching them right. for the fun.
4: But really, I, I really... like to I like to artfully disagree with that because if you look at the Adams Family, the art style in that film is very different.
0: Oh well, yeah, he was still doing Adams Family art style. It's still similar though. But no, you watch the direction. Yeah, you, you watch a lot of the directing. At how <laughs> the
2: scenes are done. It looks literally like you can see. Oh yeah. That kind of thing was also in the Addams family. And I it's agree the way with, the framing I with, is. I
4: agree with that. But with the Addams family, I think that there are points within it, because of how the Addams family is, where they have things popping out of weird spots or they have mm. like little nuances. You have to closely watch the film to see those little things.
2: Right. With right. this
4: film. I could give it half of my attention and I would still understand what's going on. And I had that actually happen where I was That's literally on what something. I did. <laughs>
1: when well, we watched it, yeah, we watched we it were last year. I watching kind. it
4: and I was doing I was doing some other works as well. And I mean not that not that I didn't watch the film. I did give it a second viewing of it. But it was like I could all, every time I glanced up I knew exactly where the film was going. I right. didn't have to give it my full attention. No. I'm gonna and vouch so ast- for
3: that only because
4: I'm, I'm really good at that.
3: Well she can multitask. I can't multitask,
1: and I've accepted that. <laughs> but I, but I witnessed her watch this movie. Yeah, uh, my my attention was taken away from it simply because I had watched it, so I, I kind of knew what was happening. I didn't really have to pay attention to it the second time. And we had a couple other people that were watching it with us. You didn't see the heart attack coming, I, I think, um, or, or was I, it something else?
3: I well, I, I I saw it coming, but I thought it was just like oh okay yeah a yeah. Yeah. heart attack mm-hmm. that's it alright mm-hmm. well that's I guess they, you gotta get the plot moving somehow yeah, that right? well that's where, the
4: whole point right it was the yeah. point where I wa- I looked up and I was like oh he's not getting you know, well getting it's, it's
1: the scene with it's the scene with the guy who played Mo Green in The Godfather yes. and he's in the same position he's getting I'm a massage he's getting a massage and he's talking to, uh, to Farina I'm just gonna say Farina because I can't remember his character's name yeah and he tells him, he says, look, he's working for Momo. There's nothing I can do about this. Oh, that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, there's nothing I can do about this until Momo is dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? The next I knew scene. Momo was dying in the next scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's but he, sets it he totally but it's, set it up. But, yeah. it's not, but it's easy foreshadow. And yes. I'm not complaining about that because it fits the style of, of the film. Right. This film is not made to to be a thinker or anything. It's no. made to be entertaining. Yeah. Yes. It, and I and I was entertained by it. I thought exactly. when he punched him in the face and then shot him and split his hair with the bullet, I thought <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh-huh. And then he comes in and he's he's always talking like this because you got a stuffy nose and can't talk. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to be tough. Or when he's in the barbershop and he's like, Okay, that's fifteen that, that turns out to me. What was it he said there that
3: I burst out laughing? That's
1: what I'm that's what I'm getting to. Chili's sitting in the in the barber chair and he's going over the books on how much he how much money he's owed and he's like, Well yeah, that you yeah, had that fifteen hundred to that and you get and then they cut the chili, he goes, twenty seven hundred.
4: And my response was Come, I'm sitting there working on my computer and I go, You can do the math.
3: And it just was hilarious because, I mean It was. It was just like really you're gonna gonna
1: fall short right now this is your moment it just shows how stupid the guy is yeah (laughs) and then just before he goes to pick up the money and get busted by the feds he walks out referring to chili as dumb mother and we all know how how dumb dumb of a son of a gun he is yeah and 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 it's beautiful just the way he talks and stuff and the toughest he the toughest he was in the movie is when he punched the woman yeah, which makes him look that even was weird. it. Yeah, that's that the toughest he was. Laura the
2: antagonist in that whole right. film. But like, Wait, literally he wife, in the yeah. beginning, you just thought this guy was like a. P-
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
2: Censored. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you thought this guy wasn't tough, generally, no. and it was hilarious. Mm mm-hmm. uh, Verena everyone? played him to a T. It was great. Mm-hmm. Did everyone get general thoughts in? Yes, uh, this is uh, it. Generally, yeah. this yeah. Is yeah. It. Yeah. 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 All, All right. right. so let so us <laughs> go? Yeah. So let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone pass me the squirtle there? Let's bring it over
0: into uh, audio and how that's pretty much sounded. Well, <laughs> he's going to give her a yes. Well, I'm going to yes. give my yeah, general thoughts.
2: All right. So. Love this film. Love this cast. Uh, very much <laughs> Italian. Very much great. Very much. Italian. If you can see me now, I'm shaking my hand. Um, Go on, full so, Giuseppe. Full Go Giuseppe. Uh, yes. <laughs> this was a great mobster like film. I think it's more I think it, personally it's more of a mobster satire yeah. mm-hmm. of L.A. And, you know, it, it was great. I loved this film. The cast was great. Um, very predictable, as everyone else pointed out. I don't think it's meant to be a movie where you're thinking about what's going to happen next. You know how this movie is going to play out from beginning to end, and it's great. John Travolta's character, though, uh, I don't think he's a good leading role for the most part, but it's, I don't know, a little bit underwhelming when you think about it being predictable. But it it did what it was supposed to. It was very entertaining. Scenes were played out very well. I think the big thing about this movie was... It's scene directions and stuff of that nature, with the way certain things like panned and it's great. Can... Oh my god! Like the close-ups were good, where you see that one guy sweating. I can't wait until we get into that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah the 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 uh, the, the, the Mexican kid who's yes, to pick up the money. Yes, yeah, because yeah, he's so, so he's so scared of what he's doing. Yes, Uh,
2: Bo's character was good. I think Bo's character is probably one of the most underappreciated in this film. He was. Uh, also a really good antagonist in the film. He was the most concerning character in there that could have changed the direction of the film to not be predictable because he actually had like, he had a weight on, uh, what do you call on? What's his name? Chili. He actually could have changed things right? because at first Chili's thinking, Oh yeah, you know, get Harry to help me with this film. You know, this will go good. But Bo gets in all of a sudden everything's changed. Mm-hmm. Great film. I, I I liked it a lot. All right. Next up is going to be story. So we're going to go a little
0: bit uh, to David Brown to really kind of analyze how this story was structured, and put together, and really kind of delve into that a little bit deeper.
1: It was a very basic, basically structured story. Mm-hmm. You have you have a protagonist an antagonist. You have their their uh, uh, supporting characters. Uh, Renée Russo's supporting character. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Um, but I think what in terms of in terms of the writing and the acting. You be, the secondary characters were very important because they had to be yes. believable. Danny DeVito, we were talking about it just before we started record. Danny DeVito is lampooning himself as an actor. You know, when you first meet him, he you walk into the house and they are introducing him, and then the next shot is like a fifty foot painting of him on the wall of his house, it was amazing. like in this Romanesque kind of pain. pose. It shows oh. just how full of himself is. I want this, that painting. This short little man who is just so full of himself. Go ahead, Sarah.
4: The best part about all of Danny DeVito is if you watch the entire film, and this is the part where you have to really pay attention, he's in the background. He's in the movie posters. He's in everything. And it is so funny.
3: His name was written in the Playboy magazine. The one scene where
4: where you actually get into the airport before they go for the locker, you've got that entire shelf of books. And he's all over them and then he's on he's not on the Playboy cover his
1: name but his name is is. so it's
4: like you can honestly tell that he's much bigger a much bigger part of the film than he is
1: and the other thing is when uh, Gene Hackman who plays uh, Zim from Zim Productions is riding with Chili explaining to him about this actor in the background you see him on a billboard dressed as Napoleon because yeah. yes. yeah, the movie Napoleon. is Napoleon. So he has a Napoleon complex. That's uh-huh. the point. And then they pull up, and the director points him out because he's eating. And he says, yeah, these two come together. He goes, she's some kind of rock star or something like that. And they come here every morning to have breakfast. He sits purposely looking west so he can look at his own poster. And she looks purposely east so that she can have an excuse to to wear her shades. Yeah. So that, that goes on. It was the acting is just so is so good because Renee Russo has a great line. They're going off to a meeting with Danny DeVito and and they're talking about food, ordering food or something like that. Yes. And she says, oh, don't worry about that, because actors never order from the menu. They always have to have something that the restaurant doesn't have and they have to make it special for them. And as soon as Danny DeVito sits down. He gets the waitress's attention and he starts taking the menus away from everybody. And he's like, I want an omelet. Can we have shallots in it? Can we do this? And it, you know, it's not on the, Monument. on the menu. And then he doesn't eat it. He leaves before he he's leaves. even brought to the table, It's brought to the
0: table and he's gone. But see that. I think a lot, one of the really great bits uh, that really shines through on this, um, film is the Elmore Leonard dialogue. If you watch any other kind of Elmore Leonard films, like Jackie Brown, mm. or even Be Cool, is, mm. another, is the sequel to this one, but there's a bunch of other ones that have been happening. That is a staple of Elmore Leonard, is his kind of dialogue. It's very fast, it's very uh, kind of blunt. Yeah, and it creative was, The dialogue
1: count. worked well. It it kept the pacing up, which leads into, I mean, story and editing and, and, and all those things come mm-hmm. into play. Uh, I thought the movie was paced well. You didn't there you weren't you weren't lacking on anything. It was paced right because certain scenes had to be a little slower, so they were slower. Scenes other scenes had to be faster and quick than they were. Right. Um, so, but the story was was very basic, um, but it was well written. It was well done, even though it was like we said we it was predictable. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it but it was it was well done. So. I really
0: enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's uh, move on now a little bit to uh, acting.
4: So one of my like I said one of my favorite actors is John Travolta mm. and what I really like about him is he is the characters my favorite film of his is Hairspray where he plays Edna Turnfield <laughs> and he
1: is a female
4: and it's fantastic <laughs> yeah, you and you can that. and <laughs> you can I did I said it in the middle of the film because you can tell that he really puts his heart into what he does and I think it's great Pulp Fiction everything mm. that he's been in in that kind of sense you know that he's giving it 100% mm. yes the other actors in the film, um, I'm not very familiar with some of them. Let me just pull them back up.
1: There you go. You're not familiar with Gene Hackman?
4: Um, I've actually not seen a lot of Gene Hackman stuff.
2: I've seen one other Gene Hackman film. I really can, can add really? another film that to my I've list. I've seen a lot of films of him. I just don't, I don't realize I know him from Superman,
3: because uh-huh. doesn't he play Lex Luthor? He plays oh, oh, Lex Luthor. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah. So there He's is, just a very... Sorry. You're fine. You, he's just a very, like... It's a forgettable. He's place. very... He move like he has like he's got these quirks of his right. emotions. Mm-hmm. So he just he you just feel his presence and when it, he,
4: he acts. He's one of those actors that I I probably have seen him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but yes. I don't
4: recognize mm-hmm. his name.
1: He's a older <laughs> in this movie and
4: it's too. and a lot of it well. is is because he's not one of those giant names you know no, he's, he's not, more, not, low, not
1: anymore he's, he's more of a character yeah. he's, he's not all he's those like, people he's
3: like he's like the older version of uh, sam rockwell
1: yeah, he's he's about he's know? about ready to retire yeah if right. he does movies he's doing slower characters basically yeah. you know well, easier and, characters.
4: And that leads me into um danny devito it leads me into renee russo and dennis Ferreira. They're really great actors. First of all, can I just say that everything I've ever seen Danny DeVito in, he is way over the top. Man on the Moon, he is absolutely <laughs> so out grave. there. Love Which he played man.
1: himself in Man on the Moon.
4: Right. And that I think is hysterical. Same thing with all the rest of the cast of Taxi were in there. Yes. But it's like you're sitting there and you're watching these people and they're like parodies of themselves almost when they're in films. Yes. And this is the most I've ever seen him be normal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so he's to the, playing the highest, himself.
4: It was the quietest version of Danny DeVito I've ever seen in a film. Because he's in that
3: show, Sunny, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. And he's outrageous. And he's completely he, a crazy He,
2: person. he has to be. Like, he was a crazy
1: most... person in Taxi. He was a maniacal. I feel yes. like I've only seen guy. him as
3: like a crazy midget. No he was, also, yeah. he was in Batman. He was yeah, in
1: Matilda. He was a, he was a good
2: role, One of his best roles was the dad in Matilda. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. That's he right. was good in Jack the
1: Bear.
4: So I'm one of those people that i I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to IMDb. I love reading the trivia mm. and the goofs of films. It's just one of my favorite things to do. Right. And so on the way here to the recording session, I was actually reading some of the trivia. Apparently, Danny DeVito was supposed to play Chili huh. in the film. <laughs> Which goes back what, to the and meta that's thing. funny.
2: Right. Because right. he ends up playing, playing him Chili in Palmer Chili's in Chili's yeah. But because
4: of him directing and acting in Matilda, he couldn't do the film. <gasps> Mm. Really? And so they cast him in the smaller part, which, again, leads to his performance because he's got the smaller part. He's being the smaller actor, and it's fantastic. Right, and And it it it. goes
1: back to that point of those secondary characters being believable.
4: Oh, and it's amazing. And, And I will say that it lends itself to... Him being loud is all the posters of himself. Ever. Yes. Mm. All the paintings and all of that. That's how he's loud. He's and loud
1: in a quiet way. Good and on. it's
4: amazing. I can only
3: see, imagine the amount of photoshoots they had to do to prep the set. Yes. <laughs> imagine <laughs>
2: the guy who had to DeVito. do the painting. Oh, yeah. I know. But, um, I want that, that was a huge Dan painting. DeVito is one of my favorite actors. I want that and painting. I, just, I the love the pose. The hand under the
1: chin. <laughs> right over you know, the back, Deep in yes. thought. You know, all that stuff like
0: that It was great. But see, that's something definitely about not just, like I said, this picture, but in Elmore Leonard films. Um, in general, they're very character-driven. So you need to make sure you have a really good cast. Yes. I, most Elmore Leonard films that I've seen have great casts in them and that can really just help bring these characters to life, and that's what makes these... Well, that's what's going to really drive it. It goes
4: into the writing. Mm-hmm. The writing is the most important part when it comes to creating a believable character. And I will say that, yes, the writing was fairly straightforward, fairly simple, there wasn't anything that was like, "Who, oh my God!" shocking about mm. the film. Yeah. But it was written in a way that allowed the actors to really shine. Mm. Yes. And that is something that I have to say I'm very impressed by because there are other writers, George Lucas, who For... can't write to save their lives.
1: No offense. <laughs> no, he because, can't, he can't yeah. write dialogue to save his life. Right.
4: Yeah. I I'll give he you that. He can do
1: though. scenes. He
2: can do any right. of that. He just and literally... he admits it.
4: Yes. And it's one of those things like I I will be the first person to admit when a script sucks.
2: Dave's just over there
0: like fuming.
1: No, he's waiting for his turn. That's and all.
4: and I'm one of those people that I will rip a script apart only because a I've written a lot and I haven't written as much as Brown over here, but.
1: Brown. <laughs> Dude.
4: I was trying to go she Dave Brown you and it Brown. just came know You can
1: just say Dave.
4: Because <laughs> we have the other Dave.
1: Okay, so then, yeah, Dave Brown would be fine. Okay. Dave Brown. I'm just Brown. Brown. Stop. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I haven't written as much as Dave Brown over here, but what I can say is if... I cannot say the words that are written in the script when, I, when I'm when i about to do a scene. There's something wrong with the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a believable dialogue in order for anything to be successful for mm-hmm. any film. So that's the one thing I will say that this film was really good at was yeah. that dialogue. Uh, it's not my type of film, but it did have really good dialog
0: mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so let's. Uh, is that everything you got on uh, acting then?
4: I I think so, unless someone wants to.
0: Add I mean, I thought on. the
3: acting was good. Um, I didn't have any qualms with it. I just felt like a lot of it was very, you know, cardboard cut out, In my opinion, it was. It, the movie is very straightforward, mm. and it's not my kind of thing. I kind of like. I like hyper immersion. I like things that just get me wound up and deep. I want to see blood and cuts on people's faces when they get hit. Yes. And. Like I said, I'm not saying the acting was bad. It wasn't. It's not in the. It's not in the garbage can. No, it is a little bit all over the desk. It's kind of like, it's just.
1: I well, mean, I think the whole movie can be described like that. Yeah, it just, was kind of all over the desk. I, mean, it was. I
3: didn't hear a lot of the dialogue when because we had a bunch of people over when we were watching it. Yeah, but I was still able to follow the film without it. Yeah, and it's just like all right, well. Which, I, it's, it's like stage acting. It felt like a play a little yeah. bit. Which,
1: which is oh sorry I didn't which with your your point of where you said you didn't hear most of the dialogue mm-hmm. but you still understood what was going on mm-hmm. which shows that it was a, a well-made movie
0: mm-hmm.
3: yes. because you can
1: tell by what's on the screen what's happening. Yes. Right. You know, you get a certain amount of visual information and you can say okay, I get what what's going on
3: here. Exactly. And I like it, it's not a bad movie and the acting wasn't bad. It's just it's it's like sta- I me mean, going to a stage play. It really yeah. is kind of just very straightforward. But that's really how all I really can comment about it for me, yeah. at least.
2: RJ, you got uh, something about uh, acting you want to pipe on in there? do. So I think my favorite actors in the whole film are going to have to be the guy who plays Bo. Dennis Farina? Yes. yeah, He's great. I no, love I him. You're
0: thinking of uh, Barboni. He's talking oh. about the, the, the black limo driver. Oh okay, yes. okay, okay.
2: Yeah. Loved him. Sorry, scratch. He
4: is funny. Yeah. Wait, he was I have his
2: name. so good. I liked him. Hmm. I liked Danny DeVito.
4: Delroy Del, Del Lindo.
2: Yes. Delroy Lindo. He was great and he's also been in other films. I remember <laughs> what was. Del- yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've seen him before. Uh,
4: malicious. This is us. This is us.
2: Yes. So he's great. I love him. Um Danny DeVito's character was great. And surprisingly, Mm. even though James Gandolfini's part was small, it had its importance toward the end. And I really enjoyed it. I think him just being the stunt actor dude rather than just he he was just some guy's muscle. Mm -hmm. But he was more than that a little bit in this film. And it was great. Uh, But that's all I really have to say about acting. All right. Real quick, let's take a short break.
0: And we're back. Sound effects and the sound of the film. So, RJ, keep it going.
2: (laughs) score was great Mm. Uh, the movie itself okay so I want to say this before I really get into it movie is very very fast paced Mm. like very much like Mm. especially the beginning the beginning it's like okay one minute we are in Miami and then the next we are right to Vegas I loved every minute of that and I think the score when you hear score you know something is developing and it's great I liked the airport scenes score. I liked that Alex actually pointed this out when I was watching the movie. Uh, you hear a rattle every, like a snake, uh, rattlesnake, every time you see that uh, locker that they're supposed to go to at mm. the airport. Yeah, and just I'm to like, add that little menace onto it. Yes. I think just sounds developed well enough. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: It's exactly. Yeah, it's like a triggering
2: turned- time bomb. Like, right. as soon as someone opens that locker, it's about to go down.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love... Um,
4: the only
2: suspense.
1: And I love how yes. the Farina character pa- apparently does not hear that rattle. Because he goes right up and and takes that lock. Yeah, opens up that lock.
2: Well, yeah. and I feel like the development in that is he is just expecting his money. Mm-hmm. And also, we're transitioning to the acting por- the like movie portion. Yeah, I
1: get that, but the whole point it goes yes, back to the it goes back to the piece of dialogue that Chilli has with Bear in the parking lot after he beats him. Yes. He says, "Look, if you're going to set somebody so, yeah, up, yep. having it be a surprise would kind of help." Yes. And that's exactly what he does to his enemy. So, mm-hmm.
2: Chilli has to Okay, one other thing I got to comment on before I go even more into audio. Chili has to be one of he has to end up being one of the better like producers in Hollywood after that <laughs> because he he talks a big game when it comes to movies. Once he's there, he's like, I love movies, you know, I love films, and he he talks
3: Everything about.
1: One some- of us. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> this is our movie, guys. Touch of yes. Evil, because he watches Touch of Evil. In the- yes. Yeah. That was... Ooh, uh, I'll
0: bring that up later. Never mind. Yeah, continue.
2: So, uh, otherwise, score was great. Sound effects were, you know, pretty good. They, you know what it is? With a film like this, it's not for the huge point of immersion. It's more you're dragged in by the conversation points mm-hmm. and, like, what is happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. You're not really drawn into... Immersion with sound. There's no big whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: There's no big booms or anything. No. Like
2: that. Well, the, the
1: the biggest one was
2: the plane crash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was good. Uh, other. I mean, you can't really. I think.
3: I'm sorry. I want to cut in real quick, but I think the one sound of sound piece of sound design that I remembered the most. Yeah. Was very early. So right after you know, uh, Chili punches what's his name yeah. in the nose, uh-huh. and he, now he's coming back to shoot him mm-hmm. yeah. in that barber shop. You hear him laughing and walking. Yeah, and then you it cuts it at L cuts or is it J cut? Whatever it cuts to Chili in his office, and you, yeah, you hear the same sounds but it's slightly muffled. Yeah, you hear, to, uh, the two hear him coming, and the character is coming, and it's almost on the same side. The the, mm-hmm. the yeah. what do you call it? What do you call it? RJ, it's when panning. You, the panning of the sound is almost like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that is like the subtlety that that the, it shows with the sound design. And I guess I'm recording. sort of like mute to
2: it at this point. So <laughs> as, an, as a person who works in audio, I'm just like, yeah, I expect you to do it like that. I expect you to do your damn job right. <laughs> so basically, what you're
0: basically what you're kind of saying about it is, you know, the sound design. There was nothing bad it about it, but there was nothing standards. really spectacular. There wasn't
2: anything spectacular about it. They did it. their job. They did their yeah, job because they, did, yeah.
1: they didn't need anything spectacular. They no. just a very to standard immerse job. you enough to believe that. The guy's walking in a hall or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like if this were, were a, a car
2: screen. movie. Okay, like if this were a car movie and like, he starts you know, that minivan engine, I expect you. I expect to hear that minivan engine, but really, <laughs> because it is not a car movie, I don't right. really care what that engine sounds like. It's also because it's sounds already,
0: like a car. It's a, right, also it's a minivan. We're not here to literally hear the
3: engine yes, for a it's minivan. It's not just a
1: minivan; it's the Cadillac, Cadillac. minivan. Cadillac. <laughs> Cadillac my minivan. apologies.
0: One, one
3: gripe I might have had with the music is that, like, I knew that there was music there. I don't remember any of it. And I just don't think it's the very music... It's very
2: short cuts. It's, um, it wasn't very memorable memorable. You know?
3: memorable. memorable.
2: memorable. 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 But <laughs> th- when you notice the music, it's used to make cuts. Like, it is mm-hmm. used to make... Tra- it's yeah. all just transitional.
0: I think that's mostly because of how much of a dialogue-driven film this is. You don't want to have too much score overpowering the dialogue. So you want to bring that mostly in for the cuts or for when there's moments where no one's talking like in the airport,
3: like in
2: the airport scene.
0: Um, I guess, I guess he's so like, getting bleeped too. Hmm? Yes, <laughs> but anyway, so like, but anyway, like I say, like in the airport scene, you've got a lot of the jazzy score in there because that's more of, you know, the tension, not a lot of dialogue during those bits. Right. But when the dialogue comes in, well, now we got to stop the
1: music so that we can let yes. more Leonard's dialogue shine. Right, it, it, it's a nice transition. It comes in, it comes over the scene a little bit, fades out mm-hmm. as they start to talk. Right. It, it does its job. I found, but yes. I found the visual transitions uh, very television like. Yeah, even 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 watching it on Dave's TV, which is a better television than mine, in the sense <laughs> of it's it's refresh rate and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's much clearer on yours. But even when I watched it, it was it had a very television esque kind of transition for cinematography. Huh. Which, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, it worked a little bit, but it yeah. just kind of stuck out to me. Right.
2: So, is there any more on the sound that you want to bring up? Uh, I mean, otherwise, uh, I don't think there was any. Um, if there was, it was very unnoticeable. Which, mm-hmm. again, they did their job, um, and that's audio replacement. You know, uh, to be honest with you, ADR what, stuff like ADR. that. ADR. Like with uh the
0: way my kind of feel of audio is, it's kind of supposed to be a little bit unnoticeable. You're not like supposed that's, yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. If you if you it's walk away from a film like cuts. not knowing what happened, you're good. It's like yes. cuts and transitions,
1: you're not mm-hmm. supposed to notice them. I right. will say
4: one of my favorite sounds to hear in any film is that clicking of heels. Mm
1: because yeah. it's,
4: it's very sharp and it draws your attention no, and man, i and, love that and, and
1: it seems like no matter what kind of surface they're on they, their heels click yeah
4: <laughs> and it's like it's that sound that i strive to have when i'm wearing heels and i know i'll never get because it's not actually yeah <laughs> yes but it's, it's not like,
2: on like a wood uh, drastically like, wood floor right.
4: <laughs> but i do get that on carpet i will get a good click on a carpet on heels <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna lie
0: all right, let's transition over to David Veerkamp to talk about the VFX, uh, color correction, special effects, all that goodness, all the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so how uh, do
3: I don't know to get started here? So the color. Let's start with color correction because it's mm-hmm. it, this is a very static movie. There isn't a lot of flashiness. Right. Now. Yeah. So it's very, it's a very high vibrance, very a lot of orange, a lot of tungsten in in, in its in its design. It, everything feels very warm, even though like at the beginning mm-hmm. it's supposed to be cold in Florida and everyone is wearing overcoats.
1: Well, yeah, it's the whole it's point still, of chilly, but it still feels warm. It's chilly inside. It's chilly outside. Yeah. Like kind of thing.
3: The lighting and color design made it look like everyone had a, like a really bad sunburn a lot <clears> of the time. Even um, in Florida. Yeah. And exactly. then in we'll, California. Yeah. But even in, when they get to like the night scenes, there's a lot of high vibrance. The colors mm-hmm. are a lot more vivid. It's a very juicy movie, mm-hmm. if I had to give like a term. And that's because it's it's a very like lighthearted movie. Like, mm-hmm. you don't take it too seriously. And the color reflects that in its mood.
1: Yeah. And and a point that I noticed on the second viewing mm-hmm. is, like RJ had said earlier, how they kind of jump from Vegas to New yes. York to Miami. Yeah. You could kind of tell by the costumes, mm. <laughs> kind of what city you were in. Uh, you, knew, you knew immediately you were in Miami if they were wearing, like, the, the what are they, the pastel colors? Yeah. You know, like, uh, Farina wears the pink jacket, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Uh, when you got to Brooklyn, it was the old-style mob, the guy with the hat and the yep. overcoat and the, yep, yep. the darker kind of tone. And then L.A. was just kind of, in a word, but not meaning bad. It was bland. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of everything, but right? not too exposed. But not too much of yeah. one thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, guess,
0: I think that was more of, you know, this is where our basic setting is, this is our base.
1: Well, because it's everything like, it's like to... everything is showing up in L.A., so uh, you're getting a little bit of Miami, you're getting a little bit of Brooklyn, you get a little bit of everything in it's L.A. It's a melting pot. Uh, right, yeah, so, was so just it's, about it's bland. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, so it has this even kind of tone that's well, everything. and
4: that also lends to some of the nuance of Reading into things. Mm. So I love analyzing scenes. Mm -hmm. So you think about it in the film industry, it is the melting pot of the world. You're watching every single culture play out on screen. So it would make sense that they would make LA look to be like that giant melting pot of every culture coming in, which is why it doesn't have its own style, which is why even in. Because it has
1: every style. It has every
4: style, which is why even if you go there, in reality, it is exactly that. Yeah. In Chicago, you have a very distinctive look on things. It's right. Very, it's very pretty. Have, it's very mobster-like. And you have
1: very distinct yes. areas in Chicago. Right. You have the Polish area, the German area, right. all that stuff. You don't necessarily get that feeling from, from L.A.
4: Right, and same thing with New York. You have You have uptown, you have midtown, you have the Bronx, you have all of that come in. And it's just a very good commentary on real life which I think was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like uh the a scene in um Annie Hall. Uh the characters come to LA and the main character Woody Allen lives in New York and he's commenting on the uh architecture in LA <laughs> cuz he's like, "Oh, look, they've got Victorian with like postmodern. It's it, yeah. it, it's just it doesn't, you know, to him it just doesn't fit." Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the whole point. Everything right. is well, in one spot. Yeah. So there's well, let's, yeah, let's bring this back over to So the, there's two
3: uh, other scenes where the color actually for one point changes the vibrance uh, in style the first one is um, what was the Chili's boss the that, Brooklyn that died? one yeah. yeah, Mo Mo Mo, 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 mo. Yeah. It's, it's very gritty especially yeah. when he's going up the stairs until the party happens because he's obviously. in Brooklyn right Right. because right. you feel and almost it's, it's, it's obviously done as a satire to the gangster movies right, right there they match right. it perfectly the vibrance is low mm. but once the door opens and the surprise party happens it switches back to the movie's theme color the second one is the only one I think is significantly a different there's a really important purpose there it's the scene where who's the, the the stunt guy? The guy played by the Soprano guy. Yeah,
1: uh, bare yeah.
3: It's when they're in the parking garage. Okay, yes. it's a silhouette scene. Yeah, yes. So it's got high high whites, high darks, a little bit of color, but not a lot.
1: Kind of like the scene where uh, we we consummate the the love story between Rene Russo and yeah, Travolta. Right. It's a it's a silhouette. <laughs> it's, scene. it's also I a scene of transition, a- but it has that. It has that pastel color to the water. But the point like, of
3: it, I think, is because I mean, it's it's that black and white, a mm-hmm. lot of black and white, because you're seeing two conflicts, and then those conflicts change yeah. at the middle. So this that is a, the point of that color is to show we're gonna. It might be a little bit funny what's happened to this poor bodyguard, right? But at the same time, this is a point of him changing. This is right. important for both these characters,
1: right? That's where Chili brings him over to his side. and Exactly. So, on and so I think
3: that's very important. There, but, who, uh, I
1: don't know if it was you or if it was Will yesterday maybe it was Will said as soon as he like helped him up mm-hmm. he knew something was going to change right he knew that that attitude and it him was changed. all
3: done from that one shot they didn't cut in at right. all and that's let me get into that so the sh- this movie has a lot of one shots a lot of one yeah. shots yeah like they start the scene and they're not cutting at all the actors have to go through a bunch of dialogue like minutes of dialogue sometimes and then they finally cut yeah. Or they don't. They cut to a next scene.
1: They use, and if there are cuts, they're very sparingly, and they're very basic cuts—over-the-shoulder cuts. cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you get the silhouette shot of the two guys in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. Then you get the cut to to the character looking down, the character looking up, mm-hmm. and then the other thing is once he's accepted him. If you notice, Travolta's character squats down to be on his level, exactly, and then brings him up to his. Right. But another one has a, lot a little of bit. Air- before oh. we get into that,
0: unfortunately, this is a little off topic. We'll get into that when we get more into cinematography. Uh-huh. So just try and
1: uh, we're gonna get back a little bit. To well, they all kind of they all kind of go together. So right. it's gonna bleed in, like editing, cinematography, and stuff. This mm-hmm. all yeah. right. They all bleed in together. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, just I just want to just see if going. David's
0: got any more of the VFX
1: stuff before the yeah, transition.
3: Yeah, so there's over uh, that. there's two vid- actual visual effects in the movie. There's the Airpoint plane explosion, which which
1: I <laughs> which is I, all stock footage. I'm gonna I'm gonna let yeah, you say it, go. but I want to say my opinion on that one. Go for it. It's stock footage, but it's so blatantly a it's fake so explosion. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's almost like they took a JPEG of a jet and just kind of brought it across the screen. It's an image. It's not right. even a, it's a not video. Even played, right, yeah. and. But I think that goes to the film. Uh-huh. They're even parodying, like, a, a crash yeah, as right. to why it happened. So, that you know, reason that
3: is like a bomb going on. And because again, it shows
1: his luck and how it changes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and again. Again, I think the reason why that
0: particularly worked, whereas, you know, in other situations that you'd be like, God, that looks so fake, it's terrible, it works here mostly because it's being told via a story. Yeah, yes. it, right. It's that, not yeah. actually happening in real time. Right, it's, right. let's go back and see how this story played out. Right, which and is hilarious.
3: But at the same time, the other VFX shot is the one when uh, it's at the beginning where the hairline gets shot. Mm. Uh-huh. It's a quick composite, and it's mostly special effects. There's a little bit of VFX, like, mm. like a little tinge of cleanup, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, most of the movies, spe- uh, special effects. So it's, I mean, it's all nose punches from the front. <laughs> it's all nose punches from the front. Right. It's... Because they're, they're all, easy to do. That's, all the actors have, like, is, like, a little bit of a, 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 blood, a blood clapper. Yeah. they get hit, they... Swing back, they grab their nose, breaking the blood, right. and they have blood coming out of their nose. And it's the same, the lady, the lady who gets punched does the same thing that the guy got punched. Mm-hmm. And someone else gets punched, right. too. It's the same shot and move right. every time. And
1: with Gandolfini, it's always a gut shot, or he's kicking him in the knee, uh-huh. or the groin, or something like that. Right. So it's it's very easy to do. So those, those one-on shots of the punch... You're getting it from behind. Oh, do it. You're, yeah, and you're getting it from behind the puncher. So you don't need to time it, you know, you need to time it enough to throw your head back. Mm-hmm. But right. you can totally miss the guy as yeah. long as you make it look like you go through and stuff well, like that.
4: Well, and that's the thing is the over the shoulder shot for that is probably the easiest way to control the situation. Oh, sure. If you want to avoid Frank, that's... Yeah, when I sure. was when I was doing stage acting a lot, you have to be like one hundred percent on point with every single motion Yo. that goes on to doing a, a fight scene on sure. stage. Yeah. And it's one of those things where even even a scuffle, if you're in the wrong timing or anything like that, you can get seriously hurt. I was dropped off a of stage mm. during a dance sequence. I almost broke my neck. It was one of those things where one of the reasons why I don't do stage acting anymore, but it's one of those things... If you are not one hundred percent on that mark, right? You could seriously get injured. Mm-hmm. And with those scenes, if you're if you're swinging for someone's face and you're going from a side shot, you have to get within a millimeter mm-hmm. of their face in order for it to go get wheel. right on their
1: neck. Really. Kind of like, the pro wrestler way to do it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like when Carl Weathers broke his thumb on the turnbuckle mm-hmm. in oh. Rocky, yeah, because yeah, he was just right. off enough. Yeah. And it's
4: it's one of those things where. In the moment, you're not counting that mark. No. It's what in, retur- in, um, in uh, Revenge of the Sith,
1: mm-hmm.
4: when they're doing the lightsaber duel,
1: That's and you listen yes.
4: to the commentary on it, and you're listening to Hayden Christensen and.
3: You and McGregor?
4: You and McGregor speaking about their, their acting together. They legitimately were terrified yeah. that they were going to hurt each other. Because they were they doing that. that-
1: that's not effects. That's them they're, doing it They're that. physically
4: doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, you're on your marks, and when you're in costume, in the scene, granted, they were in a green screen because yeah. it's Star Wars. But when you're on those scenes and you're in the moment, are you really counting a one and a two and a no. three and a four? And a, well, no, you're not. You're, you're trying to go for your line. Well, how,
1: how long did they train for it? it, it exactly. That's it has to that. become enough to be muscle memory. Mm-hmm. and. Even though they might have been on a platform that might only have been maybe three feet off the ground, if you're not paying it, like you say, if you're off your mark by, you know, a millimeter, you slip right off that platform, you can, you hurt. can tear an ACL, you can well, do any kind of thing. Look at what happened that, with Ian McDermott
3: and Samuel L. Jackson when they did their fight sequence. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson hit Ian McDermott across the face yeah. with his, with the stick. <laughs> it happened and it Ouch. was an accident, but, Ouch. you know, he took it. Yeah. God bless his soul. He, yeah. he took it. Like, like there's, a a, there's
1: a blooper of the guy who played Django Fett in the, in the, uh, In the costume, he was screwing around on set and it's raining, so it's slippery. Well, he went off the back of the platform, you know, so even when you're just kind of rehearsing, that's why they rehearse so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes a muscle. So
4: in in that in that scene, like, yes, the special effects in that scene would be a cleanup, but it's it's enough that going over the shoulder was just that um, enough of a buffer that I can come within two inches And it would still look like it hit someone's face. Oh, yeah. You don't even have to come very close at that shot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for what they had, they did pretty good. And then that goes
1: back to sound, because when he does punch him in the nose, you you viscerally feel it by the sound. Not so much the action. It helps a little bit the action, but the sound of his fist all that hitting is the. That's my uh,
2: dynamics and really a, yeah. a spectral cleanup where you just get the EQ and you really want to get the low end to be super prominent. Yeah. And then you just hear this blunt Yeah, hit.
1: because when they hit, when they do punches, they have a combination of like somebody hitting a, a heavy bag yeah. and then like the slapper and all, and they combine all that. It's great. To make that one and, big and punch. And this just goes to
3: show, you know. All composition, you know, yeah. put the move, the sound, the lighting, the slight blood effect that happened. It all comes together right. as one. All you know, nice three, piece. right?
1: Pre-production, production, and post. All have to just gel right mm-hmm. to make it to and make yeah. it yeah, realistic.
3: Like that. So that's mm-hmm. uh, last thing is the title sequence, which it's um it's just text. Yeah, yeah. It's a mob movie. Yeah,
1: and it's, it's and it's text. in that and it's in that Miami Vice. Yeah, color. Uh, the, the 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 pastel the slight, blue and yeah. pink and all that. The slight
3: yeah. like tinge, and then yeah. all the typography is like. Thick
2: on
1: one side, thin on one side. Yeah. Against that Miami Vice kind of feel too. That whole movie they make you think,
2: you know, it's just going to be about mob stuff, and then all of a sudden we're in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: I think this is a good point to transition over now to uh, direction and cinematography. Yep. Um, This is definitely a film made by a film lover. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I think I I love it so much. And I love films like that that are just, you can just tell this guy loves movies. Yes, and it's just putting as much of it in
1: as he can. But that goes to the writing because uh-huh. he's making it about Hollywood. Yeah, he's he's making a movie within a movie while he's making a movie. Yeah, yes. So he's doing this whole meta thing. Right. I knew as soon as, as I as as soon as Chili was talking to Zim after yeah. he breaks in the then house, I knew that was the, but the whole like, film. Okay, he's gonna give him the whole Leo thing because and the funny part is when you when you talk about a character if you don't have a name for him yet you'll say something like okay so let's call him john right okay so john does this in his line he says there's this guy that steals three hundred and ten or uh you know a hundred thousand dollars let's call him leo which is exactly (laughs) his name yes yes you know so you know right away and then you're right renee russo's character is right with you because she's looking at her at, at at uh zim saying yeah, you don't get it. It's real life. The plane crash that happened two weeks ago. Yeah. He's getting the story from that. When, when what do they call they look, What do they call him? A Shylock. A Shylock. Yeah, come on. He's come on. The he's the Shylock. Don't you get this? Yes. It's, it's, it's telling anybody in the audience that isn't getting it, like, all you gotta do is open your eyes and pay attention just a little bit, and, and you you'll know where it. this movie's going. It's basically right. the,
3: the fourth wall break that isn't a fourth wall break. Exactly, because right. she's talking to a Which, character,
1: but not, not directly to the at audience. At the
4: time that this film came out, it was a huge trope. Back to your tropes. Mm. Have to say, one of my least favorite things about films is when they parody themselves. Mm. Because it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to be funny. Mm. Now stop.
0: But getting more towards uh, what I meant when I said, you know, really a film lover actually comes out a little bit in the direction, such as uh, one of the scenes that I really caught was um, when Chili comes back to the house, basically, you know, to apologize Mm -hmm. for breaking in earlier to Karen. And then she's, you know, getting her. She just got off set. She goes back up, changes and then comes out on the balcony. That shot is pretty much a shot for shot from the film noir film. Dublin Indemnity. Yes. Yes. When the yes. femme fatale comes out, it's the exact same balcony. Yes. And layout of the house where she comes out and looks down, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, John Travolta in the, where the insurance guy was right. in there and whatnot. And so, yeah, so they're doing a film noir shot. And then the very next thing he does is, hey, you want to go see this film noir
1: movie with me? Right. The Touch of Evil, right. Touch of Evil. Yeah. yeah.
0: Really watching that, especially seeing as I watched um, Dublin Indemnity in one of my first film classes in high school and whatnot so it's got a, i i recognized that shot and really enjoyed it and going through a lot of that you see a bit of that throughout the film mm-hmm. and whatnot it's just a really a real love for filmmaking love for hollywood and a love for la mm. too like when um chili has you know gets caught by the feds and they talk him in the back room oh yes, yeah and is you know well what's what's the with the laker thing is your wife a lakers fan is like no i am I love everything LA, LA and his right. face. You can yes. just see his face. I'm not lying here. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've been in this town for like
1: less than well, a, a week. week right. but I love it here. but I love this place <laughs> he, right? because yeah. he buys the bag to put the he puts the he puts the weird yeah, tales weird book in tales. there and, he's, and the bag is L, like I love LA. Mm-hmm. It's it's so cheesy. It's so it's so cheesy that it's not funny, but it's funny because it's not that funny in, in a way. That, that was kind of the whole film for me. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was a really just kind of dad joke in a sense. With <laughs> well. I like, yes, which it was. You just kind of go, yeah, okay, this, I get it. Okay,
0: yeah. All right. Which just makes it a little better considering that it was my dad who showed me this movie. There you go. See? <laughs> yes. All right.
3: Um, let's just call out the biggest Offense. I found mm. in the cinematography. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. The <laughs> audacity
3: <laughs> of using so many freaking Zolly shots. Oh yeah. They <laughs> did it because they I could. was gonna
0: puke. Yeah. Well, so again, many Zolly also, shots. You get a lot of that. Um, I want to bring this up. Barry Sonnenfeld, before he made his own films like you know Adam's Family and Get Shorty, he was the Coen Brothers uh, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He did, you know, a lot of the early Coen, the Coen Brothers films, and watching that, I get a little bit of that styling in there too, with you know, yeah, the Zolly uh, shots uh, and the the slightly the weirder angles in there. It
3: wasn't even the weird. The Dutch tilts were not as bad, but mm-hmm. the Zolly like two is good,
0: <laughs> four is overkill. Yeah. Right.
3: it's a
1: lot. But but again, it goes to the meta point of it. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of you're dealing with. Uh, Gene Hackman's character Zim, mm-hmm. who is a producer, because when he says, "Oh, you make movies?" No, I make feature films. Films, yes, yeah, right. man. Feature films. You no. are you are a hack and a half. Yes, <laughs> I've seen the movie posters in the back of you. If 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 this was a real production company, Zim Zim Films with a Z, every movie he made would have been on MST3K. Yeah. they would have yes. ripped him apart. It's just a cheese fest, mm-hmm. and he's over. He over um he uh put the cheese on it. Yeah, yeah, right. But he's he,
4: making them Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> so he's much making cheese. himself
1: more than what he is. Mm-hmm. He's a schlock artist. Not yes. that there's anything wrong with that. That's what he is. Yeah. But that's the whole point of the movie. It's just yes. making fun of that poking fun at that stuff. So yeah. It's kind of like Zim style. You would have all those yeah. Ollie shots. Like Zim's
3: making the movie uh, within the movie above the above right. the movie. Yeah. How
1: about yeah. when, when Renee Russo's character saves John Travolta by doing the scream she would do in a horror movie? Yep, doing yeah. the, and, the scream. And, and takes the guy for. off from shooting him. Uh-huh. Uh, that's great. She does yes, the scream. Was. Instead of being dead, Perfect. she throws somebody she, else off. Yes. You know, she uses her talent as the B-movie actress to scream. Mm-hmm. And before that, she mentioned, she goes, yeah, I was climbing out of a grave all day. Because, you know, what, you don't think I'm, you know, what, do you think I'm happy with wearing, you know, the cage dancer kind of outfit? Yeah. You know, and just waiting for my chance to scream. But what a scream. And she was waiting (laughs) for a chance to scream. And when it happens. Yeah. She does good with it. Uh All right. So since we just
0: basically wrapped up direction, anyone else have any comments on cinematography and direction of the film?
3: Other than really great use of one shots. Mm hmm. Because. What, right like the first one was like when he pulled up in the car, yeah. And it, the cameras on him and it turns and he go, he goes right into the
1: hotel that to get his one, yeah. his jacket. And How about the plane? Oh yeah. Where the plane pretty is upside down and it's like the camera's literally oh, like yeah. bending backwards. I felt like it was gonna hit good. me. That's yeah. how
3: pretty intense it was. That
0: one was pretty yeah. good. I liked actually the shot where um when the, the drug dealers came up and he's you know first he says, you know, Oh I don't know where Yayo is and then we go cut to right above the limo and it just zooms in real quick and then we cut back inside. I thought that was actually very well yeah, done. That was and <laughs> the
3: film is full of shots like that, I think Yes,
0: it's, just... it's very it's a very dynamic directing mm-hmm, in absolutely. my opinion. It's a lot of camera motions throughout.
4: Yeah, it it really lent itself to the quickness mm-hmm. of the storyline. Yeah. When I was officially like 100% invested in the film, it was very much shot for shot for shot for shot and how it was directed was very much the 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 speed in which they wanted the film to go and it was it was pretty good.
1: Uh-huh. And the fact that, that when the camera moved, it moved properly, it had motivation to move, yep. so on and so forth, and it was it was uh, stable when it needed to be stable. Yeah, I think a lot of that, again, you get that from, you know, when you have a cinematographer
0: directing yeah, sure. and whatnot, you know your camera stuff's going to be more or less on point mm-hmm. with right. that. Which
3: means whoever his cinematographer was, they had really good communication on oh, yeah. exactly what they wanted. Well, he
1: also, like he says, he also knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. So he could have pretty much done and he it knows himself. All, also, we all, probably, you know, he probably knows
0: all the lingo. He knows exactly what to tell a cinematographer yeah. to get what he wants.
1: All right, so as I said before, uh, pacing pacing was, was good. Yeah, uh, yes. Because the cinematography lends to a proper pacing of the edit. Oh, yes. Uh, so I don't know the editor's name. I miss the editor's name. Uh, but whoever it was, they did a they, they did, did a good great job. job. Yeah, because most people aren't going to notice it, so that's mm-hmm. good. It's 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 the movie that lends itself to that invisible editing technique. It's a Hollywood movie about Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. So there
0: all you right, go. all right. So we should we let's just go around and get our uh, final numbers then. Sure. All right.
3: all right, final vote here it is. All right,
0: David M. Brown. All
3: right, what's uh, your like number? Uh,
1: when I initially watched it, it was it was good, but <laughs> on the second viewing, it it kind of lost its. It's, it's appeal in a sense to me because I, I saw it and it's like okay I've seen it once I don't need to see it again uh, so I give it honestly I give it two stars it lost mm. half a star Whoa. when I when I when I watched it the second time oh, yeah. had I just watched it once it would have been two and a half uh. it's I mean don't get me wrong I know it's a low low rating but I did enjoy the movie when I first watched it I laughed at it I, th- I found the jokes uh uh funny mm-hmm. uh you know it's just that I kind of like to be
4: immersed
1: immersed and then like yeah immersed and then um i like it where sometimes i miss the foreshadow so when i go back and i go oh i totally missed that okay i get it now you know it's you know i like to i like to have a movie with a lot of rewatchability right so this is kind of like a bird box (coughs) scenario yeah it was good i enjoyed it but if i never watch it again i'm okay with that
2: right all right rj what you got so, I don't know. I really liked it. Um, I think I'd watch it more just for the cast, because I like the cast of actors they got. Um, I'm going to give it kind of a opposite of what David Brown gave it. I will say my opinion on it is sort of the same, but it's more on the high end of the spectrum. I'm going to give it, like, a four, because it's like, I liked this movie. I really did. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, I'd wow. probably watch it again, yeah. because I like those actors. Mm-hmm. David, you
0: What you got for us? So... Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a 1.5. A 1.5. Wow. Wow.
3: Definitely not Doesn't my type
0: you. of movie. Shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't really shock there's us. It was no, funny. <laughs> no, I,
3: well, I don't like comedies. Exactly. But more than I, what I don't like more than comedies is I don't like mob movies. Or, or, oh, see, or, I love mobs. I, just, mm. I find it. A, I, I don't like movies with a lot of dialogue, a lot of a lot of action and movement, and, mm. and just a lot of physical mm. stuff. And, and yeah, I just... It wasn't my vibe. There was almost, like, no visual... There was basically no visual effects other than that one plane crash, and it's just... I like visually interesting things. It's what inspires me as an artist, watching those kind of things. It's just not my cup of tea. It's Mm -hmm. just not my cup of tea. Uh, The cinematography was good, and the acting was well, but it's just... It's not something I found entertaining at all, and I won't be disappointed if I
0: never see it again. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, Sarah Peterson, what you, what's your verdict?
4: So, from an acting standpoint, <clears throat> if it was purely just an acting film, I'd give it a three or four star rating. Um, with everything else in it, it just wasn't my jam. I'd have to give it a two star rating as well. Wow. Mainly because I, liked it. I, I with mobster movies like The Godfather, The Godfather is one of my favorite type of films to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you get that suspense, you get that, uh, that like that visceral feeling of oh my god what's going to happen next or who what's what's going on like game of thrones in the third was it the third episode of the last season you're trying to
1: figure out the plot you're trying
4: to figure it out as it's going on right. and it's moving too fast for you to right. actually get it going and it's like i like that feeling of not being able to breathe so like yeah. the the white walkers in the last season you're like watching that and you're like oh, i don't even have a moment to breathe those are the kind of things that i like in a mobster film right Scarface is one of my favorites so it's like you got to get into that and it just didn't bring me to that point it was very much a lackadaisical I could have this on in the background to not feel alone when I'm alone in my house kind mm. of movies Ice,
2: background noise movie yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> so two it could gain a half a star on a rewatch for me but I mean the, I've seen it I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch it again yeah.
0: Me, I was coming in ready to give it, like, a four just because I really love this film. It's got a lot of, you know, emotional uh, attachment to me Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But going with, you know, the analyzation and really looking at it, I would have to give it around a three or so. Yeah, okay. i give it about a three. That's a
2: solid rating.
0: Yeah. All right. Most because, like I said, I I still enjoy...
1: A higher rating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like it because it's I a bunch of Yeah, you're Italian. You like watching your brothers. Yeah. Well, my three is, like I said, uh, really we're going into it. Related.
0: Um, I think it was mostly just thinking of the other films that we're going to be doing and the higher ratings that I plan on plan on giving those other films. And then comparing them to this film. You, is you, just plan- like not-
1: you already know what you're going to give other films is ratings?
0: Well, I mean, just like, just <laughs> I think based the on what idea. Exactly. What we previously did, what I'm hoping to do with this show, kind yes. of, you know, the films that I'm hoping we all end up doing. This film just doesn't get into that category, like, you know, like The Godfather right. or, you know, one of those bigger films that would be more yeah. deserving of a four or five. This is definitely a three film. But it's, yeah, like I said, it can it gets more points when you add in the emotional contact mm-hmm. from an analytical content of what this podcast should really generally be. Right, right. It's a three.
3: It's being at best honest about it. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, uh, it's no upgrade.
0: <clears throat> it's not Pulp Fiction. Right. Because it's not Quentin not Tarantino. That Pulp, yes. Not that Pulp
4: well, Fiction's that much higher in the ratings. But mm, I
0: think
1: so. but, um, I, I will say this, though. When he was walking up the stairs to take on Bear in the restaurant scene, mm-hmm. if you watch, he gets that. Saturday Night Fever, Fever Swagger. <laughs> but
0: I think a little, I think one of the reasons it it gets kind of the lower rating is uh, kind of like how uh, RJ described the sound is very much how you describe the entire film. They came in, they did their jobs. All right. Hey so, guys,
2: whose turn is it to pick That would up? be Sarah's. Sarah. So Sarah's Sarah,
0: coming up with her what movie. film are we watching next?
4: So if you guys are okay with it, this film is based off of the fact that my friend would love to be a guest host. <laughs> okay. It is one of our favorite films. We have seen it at the Music Box together. Okay.
1: Ooh, the Music Box!
4: Yeah. It is
1: okay.
4: one of those films that is a cult classic.
1: Okay.
4: That does not start with an R. Actually, it does start I with an I R. Start with an R. It's Repo, the Genetic Opera. Uh, mainly because we one. have yet to do a musical, and I, well, starting my career in musicals. <laughs> Have to pay homage to my little acting i let say rights. I'm intrigued
1: by the title. Repo. Oh, yes. The genetic you, I, opera. Honestly, and the best David, part is for our, our Italian, movie, our it's Italian so stallion over up. here. Yeah, it yeah. is beautifully
0: screwed up. Paul Sorvino's in it. Yes. Paul, Paul oh, Sorvino. Hey. Wow. Paul Sorvino. <clears throat> yes. Classically trained operatic <clears throat> actor. Phenomenal. Belting out his well, stuff. It's, it's
3: beautiful. Be I've heard and seen bits of this movie
0: only because I live with you. Live way. Way. I live
3: with you. But, and I've never watched it all the way because it's, it. It's, I mean, it's very dark and it's kind of like a movie I probably have watched by now so it's going to be interesting. Yeah.
1: Since you have it on DVD, I have
4: a physical copy I'm of gonna it. I'm going to have to
1: watch it with you. So That I well, bought
4: from Blockbuster yeah. when they were going out of business. Well, I love also that
1: This is one of the first
0: films that we have been suggested that I have a physical copy of. Wow. So oh, I oh, just
2: oh, watch oh, I'm <laughs> the only one that needs to like go out and get I this movie. I, mean, I don't have a physical. I never true. heard it
3: until she until she mentioned it. We should start rewarding movies that have physical copies in our yes. possession somehow. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> it's always cool to be like, oh look, I have a VHS tape of this. it will we'll never, we'll
1: never go out of style because everyone's going to want to own the stuff, mm-hmm. and when they take the license away from it, you're like, hey, where's my movies, man?
3: Well, Amazon closed down. I got a
1: DVD.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. All right, and that gives us a solid rating of. Two point five, apparently. Um, you can get us. You can find us all at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Podcasts, and Radio Public. Wow, we That's are a everywhere. Lot. We are everywhere. Wow. Thanks for listening. Yep. Yes. Thank you all for listening to our discussion of Get Shorty. If you're interested in this film, check it out on Amazon Prime Video or pick up a physical copy when next time you're out. See you next time on Post. Cut.
2: You thought this guy was like a,
1: mm-hmm, yeah,
2: censored, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are Postcut Podcast.